Hello and welcome to a very international edition of Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores controversial, challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, Dr. Al Atkins, a first-year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, in for Dr. Aaron Parks, not joining us tonight. I'm joined by my co-host, child and adolescent psychiatrist, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hey, Tosh. Hey. We'd also like to welcome, joining us from her ethics fellowship in Poland, the newest member of our team, future physician, Yasmin Dakama, helping make our show happen. Hello, Yas. Hi, everyone. The views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker, They do not represent the University of California, Riverside, or UCR's School of Medicine. On today's show, joining us from Casablanca, Dr. Rukeya Benjaloun. Dr. Rukeya is an associate professor of psychiatry, psychiatry residency training director, and department chair of mental health at Muhammad VI University of Health Sciences in her home of Casablanca, Morocco where she attended medical school and residency. Rukeya practices psychiatry in the hospital and consulting settings, where her clinical interests include psychosomatics, CBT, traumatology, mental health education, and addiction. To recharge, Rukeya enjoys authoring children's stories, playwriting, and boxing. And with that, I'll pass it to Yaz. Oh, actually, could I just interrupt for a second? This is Tosha. I just wanted to let everyone know that we are having some connectivity issues, partially because we're kind of spread all over the world right now recording. Um, So for listeners, thank you so much for your patience with this episode. Wonderful. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Tosh. It is so wonderful having you join us today, Rukeya. And starting off, looking at the interplay between culture and psychiatry in Morocco, wanted to ask you how you feel cultural elements specific to Morocco impact the practice of psychiatry. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Um, Cultural elements will, yes, impact our practice as uh, psychiatrists um, from the very beginning of the process. I think that I think that uh, cultural issues will help somehow our patients to answer a question, why? Why is it happening to me? So when we suffer from a headache, hallucination, an anxiety, we need to understand why does this come from? And uh, our cultural background can give us keys to decode and understand what's going on. So depending on this cultural background, different answers uh, can be given by patients to their uh, pain and to their suffering. And this is the reason why when patients come to see us as uh, physicians or as psychiatrists, they already have a kind of answer. I am not feeling okay because my number is my, excuse me, my neighbor is jealous of me or because of a bad eye or because of a kind of magic, etc. So uh, this way of uh, giving sense, uh, giving signification, uh, giving uh, logic to what is not logical 
is uh, one of the uh, sites of how cultural backgrounds can impact uh, the whole process in mental health. It can also have an impact when it comes to treatment. Um, some patients can be in some situations reluctant to some treatments, reluctant to uh, uh, taking medication or going through a process of psychotherapy. Sometimes, sometimes uh, the cultural background can also, uh, uh, for, in the specific case of uh, women in some areas, uh, getting women institutionalized can be difficult because of this cultural background. Uh, I used to work in a, in, a, in a city of the south of Morocco, and uh, uh, when we had to uh, admit uh, a man uh, because of his uh, uh, condition, mental condition in a facility, because of relapse of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, it was usually easier than admitting a woman. Uh, families mm -hmm. were used to be a little bit more protective. So it's a very big question and uh, the end, it, it's, it's a complex issue. Culture is everywhere and we have to manage it, deal with it, understand it uh, in order to have it sometimes on our side or at least not have it as a, something that will stop us uh, from helping our patients as much as we want to. I have a question for you, Rukia. Um, so you were talking about magic and you said bad eye. I've heard of that as evil eye, is that right? Is, is Not necessarily evil eye, but for mm -hmm. example, I will give you a very specific example that, has, that does not have anything to do with mental health. For example, Please. if you and I, uh, I invite you to my place and we are having a cup of tea. And then my son, who is seven years old, uh, comes by and to say hello to Auntie Tosha. And then you tell me, oh, he's grown so much. He's so beautiful without saying, it's a very specific uh, mm. uh, sentence. He can suffer from your eye and mm. I will be pissed because <laughs> these are things. <laughs> don't do this <laughs> when my son is around. So it's, it's very, um, it's not a big deal, but the, the, the effect of, uh, of uh, this eye will, be, will, will have a different proportion, proportions in function of in the, 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 the person we, we have, uh, uh, in, uh, we are dealing, dealing with from, uh, it will depend or on his or her background, him or his or her family, for some people, right. it will not take a big that big place, but it's not. Uh, it's like the power of uh, how can I explain this? The power of envy or the power of jealousy, or uh, and sometimes it is said and believed that even if you love someone very much, you can impact him negatively with your eye. Wow, Rukaya, what what can you mention that phrase again and say what it means? Uh, we have different versions it's a way of saying uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's a way of saying that Allah is big but it is used uh, Allah is magnificent 
but it is used in a very specific context to protect someone from a, a, a human being eye. So when we say something is beautiful, if I, if for example, you buy a new car, or I would say, wow, what a nice car, mashallah, tabarakallah, etc. So it's 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 part of our uh, uh, common uh, phraseology, our common language. I mean, it's very rude to compliment someone without using these sentences, but it can be taken as, oh, this lady is not very polite. She's saying compliments without uh, adding, mashallah, usbarakallah. And for some patients, it can get bigger proportions and they can feel themselves as uh, negatively impacted by others' eye. For example, if my son has leukemia, well, maybe uh, I can rationalize, I can give it a meaning, uh, saying to myself, well, uh, we went to this party and everyone was looking at my son because he was so uh, well-groomed, etc. And this is the reason why this bad eye made him now mm. sick. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, yeah, I do. And um, it, it, given that, you know, cultural history, that rich context, I imagine that psychiatry is just one resource for people to go to um, when they have concerns about this stuff. Uh, how does how does psychiatry fit into I don't what whatever other sort of like um, historically uh, I don't know healers or I'm not sure what is present in Morocco. You know how does psychiatry fit into that landscape of treatment or services to to yeah. to help with this. It will depend on where we are located. What is going to be uh, the way we will manage? We, if we take the example of a patient that will uh, uh, show, for example, behavioral disturbances or delusions or hallucinations, etc., uh, the, the way the family, the relatives are going to handle this situation will, is going to be very, very different from a city to another, uh, from the if we compare countryside with cities, it will be different uh, from uh, a neighborhood to another, and it will be different from a, a family to another family, even uh, in the same city or in the same neighborhood. So for example, in uh, places who are going to be more remote with a difficult access to uh, uh, medical care, with a difficult access to psychiatry, for example, uh, traditional healers are going to be called at the first place uh, because maybe uh, what's going on, are, uh, the family will think that maybe it's a jinn, it's a spirit, maybe the person is possessed, maybe it's bad eye, maybe it's magic. So we're going to seek the help of this traditional healer to check what's going on. And uh, 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 paradoxically, somehow, the same way of handling can be encountered in a big city in a, a, a family or a, a context uh, that will have no difficulties to access psychiatrists, but that will uh, 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 choose to uh, seek the help of a traditional healer at the first place, because the family thinks and believes that the problem is not psychiatric, the, the problem is not medical. So mm -hmm. there are many, many parameters that will condition the way families, relatives, or even patients themselves are going to uh, put a hierarchy of uh, healers or uh, uh, practitioners. 
uh, am I going to seek a, tradi uh, a traditional uh, uh, practitioner or a psychiatrist? Or sometimes um, uh, how GPs are going to be uh, uh, seeked first. So it will vary, mm. it, it will depend on the context. And Rukia, so it sounds like whether someone's in a city or in a rural region, they will they might resort to seeing a spiritual healer for their psychiatric um, um, like manifestations of illness. How, as a psychiatrist, does this impact how you practice with patients who are seeing a spiritual healer, have previously seen a spiritual healer? Well, it depends on what happened with the spiritual healer or the, the, the traditional healer. Uh, Sometimes uh, there are like horror movie scenario that happen with violence, with trauma, and we have the double pain for the patient. He seeked the healer for, for example, anxiety, or I don't know why, or I don't know what, and the healer traumatizes the person. And then the, the person comes to us with two problems rather than one. And what happens most of the time is the healer try his best and then ends up saying, well, it's out of my, uh, what I can resolve. It's out, it's out of my hands. So sometimes healers will, uh, um, will ask families to take the patient to a doctor. They say, well, that is, this is not magic. This is not uh, about spirits or gin or whatever. This looks like a psychiatric issue. So the best things to do is to take uh, this person to uh, a doctor or to a psychiatrist. So there are many scenarios that can happen. When the patient meets a traditional healer in the first place, I try personally as a psychiatrist to check out what happened exactly uh, with this healer and what does this family think about the whole stuff uh, to what extent they trust me, to what extent uh, this trust relationship has to be built, or if it's already, uh, if we start already from a, a, a good uh, starting, I would say. Uh, but sometimes, effectively, haters can transmit some wrong ideas about us as a psychiatrist, about the, 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 the medication we are uh, to give, about psychotherapy, about all that, the whole, the, the whole pack, the whole package. Um, so we need to struggle in a diplomatic way uh, because most of the time, traditional healers have the family's trust, uh, especially in some, once again, remote areas. Uh, so we have to play it, uh, how can I say this? Uh, with intelligence and uh, tact and um, being understanding. Because I believe that uh, taking a patient in charge is, 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 is meeting him. And uh, it's supposed that we are going to ask this patient to uh, work, to, to, to walk a little bit toward us. And we need to, to walk toward him. I mean, we are going to meet him at a certain point, uh, but we cannot ask him to just come to us and uh, leave behind all this cultural background, all the beliefs, all the things uh, uh, that are a part of his uh, way 
of uh, thinking the word just because he comes to us. I don't know if my point is clear, uh, but why, what I, I try to say is um, these are, I stick to that point. My patient is, is trying, is struggling to understand what's going on. This is the reason why he's going to a healer. This is the reason why he maybe thinks it's the, the bad eye or the gene or whatever. So my role, my, 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 my job is to try to offer him another explanation and build a relationship based on a minimum of trust in order to let me help him through testing my explanation. So if it works, okay. yeah. if it doesn't work, at least we, 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 we gave it a try. So when patients uh, see that the psychiatrist in front of them is not like uh, saying, well, what you're thinking is absolutely stupid and you're stupid thinking that a gene can make you, you sick. And I am the big doctor. I studied for 142 years and I know everything. So <laughs> just take the blue pill and everything's going to be all right. See you in a week. If you're just joining us, this is Let's Get Psyched on KUCR. And we're talking about psychiatry in Morocco with Dr. Rukeya Benjaloun. Sorry, continue. And I'll, Rukeya, I'll just jump in. I love what you're saying about building towards a patient's trust. Absolutely. So important. Yeah, I, th I think um, um, I always give this example of uh, my patient with the severe OCD. Uh, it's a young patient with very, very severe form of OCD. And uh, she met a lot of psychiatrists and uh, tried a lot of medication. And as for many severe forms of OCD, medication do, don't uh, function very, very well. But her uh, explanation to this uh, treatment uh, failure is what I have. My condition is not an illness. It has to do with genes, etc. So a friend of the family is a traditional healer. And this traditional healer is my partner. I never met him, but I love him because he just convinced my patient because he had her trust and discussing with her, he just told her that he believed that what she has is a psychiatric condition. He mm -hmm. agreed to keep on his sessions with her, mm -hmm. but he uh, uh, asked her to uh, keep uh, seeing. So this gave me the occasion to try another medication to maybe we're going to uh, into some uh, brain stimulation, but it's not the issue. And in this very specific uh, situation, we are in a like partnership. I respect this, uh, this, this person and he respects me. And the patient is between us, but she's not torn apart. There right, is no exactly. loyalty. Uh, there is no loyalty problem or issue. She's okay with both of us. It doesn't have to be like a ideal configuration, but it's not. It's a pity, but it's not the the rule. It's the it's an exception. Can I ask you? You've said gin a couple times. Could you define that for us? And then I also wanted to talk about. I'm sure there are multiple reasons why people would go to someone like a gin, but could you kind of elaborate? on that for us, help us understand, you know, what the reasons are for people go seeking um, a more traditional healer. Okay, so I'll try by trying to define what is a gin. Uh, in, in 
Arab Muslim countries, uh, we believe that there are two words that may communicate the word of uh, human beings, ins, and the word of unseen spirits, jinns. Uh, jinns. So they are just like us, but we don't see them. And okay. uh, it's, it's like a ghost, but it's not really a ghost because a ghost suppose that there's a dead person here. Here it's not about a dead person. So there are entities uh, that exist but that are not that cannot be seen or touched or stuff. So uh, this is the basic uh, definition. And some people think that these entities, these genes can possess you, can have an impact on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, can make you feel, think, behave in a certain way. Uh, so when a patient uh, starts, uh, having manifestations like uh, uh, speaking alone, uh, weird behavior, uh, conversion crisis, etc. Family, families, relatives, or even the patient, or um, obsessions, um, delusions, hallucinations can be uh, 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 rationalized or thought as the manifestation of the impact of a gene mm. on the and on, so. On the yeah, and okay, thank you for explaining kind of jinn and also it, it helps explain why someone would go to a traditional healer. What are the expectations a family has that a traditional healer will help them when they go to them? When the diagnosis, when the diagnosis is the possession by a jinn, what is the, 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 the healer is supposed to get the jinn out of the person, like extract do a genectomy, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> removing the gene <laughs> from the person. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, how can I say that? In, uh, in French, we say an exorcism. It exists in many other cultures. I mean, it's not Oh, right, exorcism, yeah. Yeah, so the, the basic idea is getting the stuff out of the person that is suffering. Uh, sometimes... Uh, the, 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 this, this, this operation or this uh, genectomy <laughs> is, is, is done the, the, the smooth way. So the traditional healer is just reading Quran uh, by the, the patient and uh, being by him and reading Quran and that's it. So it can bring peace to some people. It can, uh, it can be peaceful. The, the, the whole... Um, how can I say it? the whole process can be peaceful, but in other situations, and this is why I, uh, I spoke about trauma. Uh, it, it can come st- like exorcism can be violent in our country. Also, it can be violent. It can go to beating, to uh, choking, to some very very uh, harmful and and uh, and uh, 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 traumatizing uh, uh, things. Yeah, that sounds incredibly traumatizing. And so, and adds layers to um, yeah. treatment course as well. I wanted to also circle back to um, why it is people pursue traditional healers. I think you answered a bit out of the, to remove the jinn. Are there additional reasons I'm thinking like maybe uh, there's a lack of psychiatrists available, maybe in rural areas particularly. There is a lot. Yeah, there is a, a huge lack of 
we are short of staff and facilities. Uh, in 2012, the council uh, edited a report and they highlighted how we lack uh, hospitals and uh, mental health professionals uh, we are less than 400 psychiatrists for the whole country and wow. most of psychiatrists are uh, in big cities so mm -hmm. yes there is a very poor access to psychiatry and a lot of areas in Morocco and I think that also there is a lack of uh, I mean when you have a bad cold we don't Moroccan people, even if in remote uh, country, uh, in remote areas, don't think of a gene. They think, okay, I have a bad cold, it's a virus, and that's it. Because they've heard of viruses, they 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 have a, a, a minimum background about how uh, some conditions, physical conditions, can be related to an organic problem. Whereas in psychiatry, I need, I think that we need to do more effort in advocacy in communication and speaking about mental health uh, because there is a big misunderstanding not only in Morocco and in a lot of countries about all that has to do with mental issues we think mm -hmm. that to like uh, stigma stop being, yeah stigma to stop might being be depressed you yeah. just need to uh, make more efforts move ourselves it's okay uh, if you are if you willing uh, enough to get better you're gonna get better etc etc so i think that it's also our responsibility as uh, mental health professionals to be more present in the media radios tv shows to explain what is it about and to say that uh, uh, people need to reach out uh, and seek help from from uh, uh, doctors Specialists, if Absolutely. possible, but also uh, general practitioners can can be helpful too. Oh, sorry, I think I don't we only have a few minutes left, Rukea, and I was hoping you okay. could just talk a little bit. It sounds like we're going towards talking about stigma uh, towards mental health in the population at large, yeah. but maybe also um, could you talk a little bit if about if there's any stigma about practicing psychiatry as a doctor as well? Yeah, there is there is stigma. There is stigma for everybody in psychiatry, stigma uh, for patients, which is the most difficult and the, the most uh, painful, and stigma also for psychiatrists. I mean, uh, uh, when I meet new medical friends, they ask me about, oh, so what are they doing? I'm a psychiatrist. Oh, why that? I mean, yeah. didn't you do like dermatology or something more glamour? I think, I think that psychiatry is glamour too. But th there is a stigma around the whole, this whole word of mental health and mental illness. We associate psychiatry to violence, to crimes, to dangerous people, to uh, yeah. weird doctors, to uh, uh, big cold and, and uh, uh, facilities, etc. So I think that um, things has to change. Uh, and, and, and it has to change from, from, from the basis. We cannot uh, expect anyone else but us uh, professionals to, uh, to make this stigma less, uh, less powerful. I don't know. Yes, yes, me. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Let's Get Psyched. Today, we discussed 
Psychiatry and Cultural Psychiatry in Morocco. Thank you to co-host Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi and to our newest team member, Yaz. Thank you, Dr. Rukeya Benjeloun, for joining us. That was a beautiful episode. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write to us at getpsyched on KUCR at gmail.com. Now, this is not an ad. We do not receive, we're proud not to receive any kind of sponsorship um, for this whatsoever, aside from the assistance from the University of California, Riverside. Um, but we have a friend, uh, a dear friend of the show, Harvard Medical Schools and Cambridge Health Alliances, Dr. Marshall Forstein, who has a book called In Loss and Grief, Personal Stories of Doctors and Other Healthcare Professionals, um, in which internationally renowned doctors and other healthcare professionals who are experts in cancer, end-of-life care, and bereavement share unflinchingly honest and raw first-person perspectives of life-altering losses that they have experienced in their own lives. Doctors and other healing professionals are not typically inclined to share their own vulnerabilities, and this is what this book uniquely does. Um, so check it out. If you like this episode, please subscribe and post a review. You can listen to extended versions of our show or past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Our producer is Elliot Fong. I've been your host, Dr. Al Atkins. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. <laughs>